For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 142 of the All Dolphins podcast. Omar and I today are joined by my good friend, Chris Russell, who you see in the box. As always, Chris... Wait, 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 wait. You going to leave out the rooster? Not, not, not yet. God, Omar, I'm trying to build this up and set it up. I was about to say, Chris is going to have to wait for a second because we have to do our obligatory spiel once he's been introduced. I didn't ignore him like I did previous guests and got scolded for him. So very quickly... Episode 142, <clears throat> excuse me, this is Behind Enemy Lines, so number 42, we did Paul Warfield Hall of Famer the first time around. This time we're going to do Lyle Blackwood, whose brother, Glenn Blackwood, also played safety for the Dolphins. Two safety brothers, they were part of the Killer Bees defense of the early 1980s that helped the Dolphins get to the Super Bowl in 1982 and kind of rode along for the Super Bowl appearance of 1984 because that one was more about Dan Marino and the passing game. Mm. Any, thoughts, any thoughts, Omar? It's way before. Um, I've never seen the Killer Bees play. Where would you stack them up in terms of defenses? Possibly the best defense the Dolphins had. Close to it's that defense or the defense of the 1970s that helped the Dolphins win Super Bowls. Uh, the, the Killer Bees defense was, was outstanding. It was suffocating in your face. Uh, but tough to ignore the Super Bowl defense's of the 1970s. So with that having said, yes, now I'm going to go to Chris Russell. Yes, Rooster. Uh, <laughs> Chris, I laugh every time I hear the word Rooster. It, 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 it's weird to call a grown man Rooster. It, it is. You know what's also weird for a grown man to do? Cock-a-doodle-doo, boys. How are you? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, All right. Hold Rooster. on. Whoop, go ahead. This, this – this segment of uh, Enemy Lines, we now have a sponsor for it. Uh, it's brought to you by You Break Wheel Fix. You Break Wheel Fix is your complete wheel repair and refinishing solutions located in North Miami. Over 25 years of experience repairing damaged wheels from cracks and bends all along any type refinishing and repair. Customize your wheels with the colors and designs. They also do brakes. You, to make an appointment, you can call Mark at 305-748-0112, or you can check them out on Twitter or any place you handle, you handle social media at You Break Wheel Fix. You Break Wheel Fix. Okay. Uh, and we didn't bring along Chris just because he's a good guy or because of his cool nickname, Rooster. Uh, we brought him on because he knows his Washington Commanders football as uh, 
talk show host for Team 980 and also 1067 The Fan. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time, Rooster, and sorry about that. Yeah, I, I apologize, too, uh, for the um, absolute horror show that I've been stuck with for on a daily basis, 14 years. Uh, hold, here on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to let you disrespect the Jay Gruden era <laughs> of the Washington. Hey, Jay's, Jay's my guy, Omar. I mean, Jay was just, uh, Jay comes on my radio show every Monday, right? And we shoot the crap about, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse or say crap, but I, I guess Too I just said now. it a couple of times. Um, uh, you know, w w he, he, listen, he wasn't perfect. He, he, there were times where I had to criticize him, but Jay's my guy. Uh, we, uh, we, we enjoy a good spicy cocktail at, at, at times together. And, uh, he's a good dude. And he was a good, he was a good head coach dealing with some very, very, very difficult circumstances here, but that was five plus years out of 14 on a daily basis. And I was going to say, I've, you know, covered the Redskins or whatever this franchise is from afar on a national level way before that, uh, working in national radio and whatnot. Uh, so I've been around this outfit for a long time. I've met some really, really, really good people. Jay's one of them. And your head coach, the Dolphins head coach is another. I worked with Mike McDaniel for four plus years and Mike's one of my guys. I love Mike. Uh, and I always knew he was going to be a star. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I always knew he was going to be a star. Uh, I've been privy to a lot of really, really good football people. And then I've been privy to a lot of really, really bad people and football people. So it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild odyssey. Okay, let me jump in. Why, why did you know? What told you that Mike McDaniel is going to go places in football? Okay, so the first thing I remember, now he, remember, he was part of that great Mike Shanahan staff, Kyle Shanahan, so on and so forth. So I see this little punk kid, right? And, and I'm like, Dude's a coach. Like, does he have hair on his chest? And, you know, we met and I, I forget who introduced me to him or whatever. And I find out that he's from Yale, right? Or he went to Yale. So automatically, you know, he's smart. And then you start talking to players like Leonard Hankerson, who, of course, you know, is, you know, part of the 49ers staff now, was a player then, was at the yeah. U, exactly. Um, and, and Leonard would just speak so highly of him. Uh, Pierre Garçon wasn't as enthusiastic about any coach or any subject, but he would speak highly of him. Um, you know, this was before Deshaun Jackson got here. So I'm trying to think of, you know, other guys, uh, uh, Jabbar Gaffney, if you guys remember Jabbar Gaffney would speak so highly of Mike and how smart he was and how good he was with players and how cool of a dude he was and how he could relate to the players. And of course he was a young guy, much like a lot of the studs and the rock stars on that staff, starting from Kyle on down to Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and, uh, and now Mike McDaniel. So, you know, I, I mean, again, getting to work around those guys and being inside the building, traveling on the plane, staying in the same hotel, Mike and I might've shared a cocktail or two at some point. We we might have gone out together at some point on the road when things got out of hand. You know, I, I mean, like these are the things that you get to know about people. And you say, if that guy ever gets his opportunity, I think he's going to be really good. Could I have imagined it was going to work out so far the way it has with the Miami Dolphins and Tua and the trade for Tyreek and the explosive offense and all of that? No, I couldn't have figured that. But I always knew if he got his opportunity, he was going to be a rock star. Let, no. let me address the present situation 
Um, everybody's on a Ron Rivera watch. Uh, obviously, when you fire your defensive coordinator or just one of your coordinators, you know it's it's not it's only it's days, if not weeks, before the next bloodletting. Um, how does Ron Rivera potentially survive this? Um, I mean, the only way, Omar, that I think he can survive this is by starting this Sunday beating the Dolphins, as unlikely as that is at home, even though, you know, we can make an argument for any team, anywhere, any day, whatever. Any given Sunday. Exactly. Uh, and and probably to sweep the remaining five games to finish with a nine and eight record. They're four and eight coming in. Uh, they've lost three in a row. Uh, they've looked terrible doing it in many ways. Uh, there's no reason to think against the Dolphins, against the Rams after a bye on the road. Not that they're the greatest team in the world, but, you know, I mean, they're well coached and and they're tough. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, probably Aaron Rodgers and the Jets on the road. And then Kyle and the 49ers with Chase Young coming back and Trent Williams coming back for the first time. Oh, and then the Cowboys. I mean, there's no reason to think they're going to go 5-0. So that's and really a realistic way Ron Rivera in year four year one of a ownership regime change where remember these guys didn't take over until a week before a week before training camp fully opened. So they didn't have a normal off season where you say, okay, they had a chance to evaluate everything. I don't know what they would have done, but they didn't have that chance. Now they've had that chance to evaluate everything. It has not gone well. It is not looking like they're going to have any chance to get to nine wins and therefore a plus 500 season, which would, oh, by the way, be the first time in the four years of the Ron Rivera era. They have not been over 500. So, I mean, I, nobody thinks Ron is going to survive this, you know, the end Black Monday, if you will, or whatever they call that. Um, it would be shocking, let's put it that way, if he does. Does he okay. deserve to get fired, though? Listen, Ron's the nicest guy in the world. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm going to raise my. I'm going to raise my hand for the next yeah. question. Go ahead. Right. Hang on, Poop. Let me let me just say this. Ron's the nicest guy in the world. Ron's been good to me. He's been good to every member of the media. He's been good to my kid. I mean, he is uh, he is a really good dude. Uh, I think he's a politician. I think he's a locker room lawyer, if you will. Maybe not a locker room lawyer, but a you know, like one of those types. I don't think he's a anything more than a mediocre football coach, and that's been pretty evident for a while. And I think that was evident towards his last days in Carolina, where the strength of his team was supposed to be defense, and the weakness of his team in Carolina the last year and three quarters was defense. And it was really weak. And ironically, the team that ended it all in November of 2019 on Thanksgiving weekend was the Washington Redskins who ran all over their asses. Uh, and they were down 14 nothing in that game. And, and and they just came in there and and never stopped running downhill. Adrian Peterson, Darius Geist, not even in the league, and just ended Ron's tenure there. Uh, and, and, you know, they had all sorts of problems at quarterback, what have you. Well, then he comes here and he's given unilateral power and control to do everything and anything that he wants. And he had a really tough situation. He immediately gets cancer. He's dealing with a name change, a controversy, an idiot owner, everything. Ron's a really good guy. He's a really mediocre coach. And that has been proven over almost four years, period. But here, And here's the thing also. He's a guy who's supposed to be a, he's a defensive coach. And their defense is, I mean, is but, I mean, but, ugly, but everything. And here's the thing. Why would their defense be any better now? 
that he's fired Jack Del Rio when then especially when they're facing the Dolphins. So so he's saying that they are going to simplify some things, less checks, uh, less reliance on communication, play as you draw it up kind of thing. And clearly the challenge is enormous. We all know that. I don't I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on, hey, your first game calling plays in God knows how many years. Uh, figure out Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle and, and Tua Tunga Vailoa and who knows, you know, what's going to happen at running back and whatnot. And even, you know, even if A-Chain doesn't play, you're still going to have a load to deal with, right? Um, yeah, but he must ideally a how you, Yeah, it's not ideally how you would draw it up. But, but the one thing I would say, and the one chance that they have is if they simplify things in terms of less checks, less communication, they could potentially have less coverage busts and less confusion, and sometimes less is more. And I'll give you guys a little, uh, a little something on this. Not only did Ron say that essentially yesterday, but we've all believed that. But London Fletcher, who just this morning, uh, I don't know when this is playing, uh, just this morning was uh, named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, right? Everybody knows London Fletcher, great Mike linebacker. Well, he's the radio analyst. I covered him his entire career. Uh, you know, we're friends and all that good stuff. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he says, you know, Chris, he says, when I look at this defense, when I look at the coverage on the back end, I cannot figure out sometimes what they're doing. And he didn't mean that as a compliment, which is which is how I initially took it. What he meant was as a Mike linebacker and as a Hall of Fame type player, okay, he was having trouble identifying what exactly they were doing, what their responsibilities were, what their assignments were, how to communicate, how to seamlessly do things against spread offenses and quick pace, quick strike attacks like the Miami Dolphins. And he was basically saying, look, I can't figure it out. And I played this game at a Hall of Fame level. And if he couldn't figure it out, his point was, and I think the point is, maybe the players couldn't figure it out. And certainly I think that's what Ron Rivera was alluding to on Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So that's why they, they got rid of Jack Del Rio. Maybe they should replace him with Zach Thomas. See what I did there? Oh, no. see, see what I did there? There uh, you go. One more question about the defense. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, you you know, like, and and maybe you could bring in, uh, you know, like, uh, let me see, uh, Tom Olivadotti, right? Uh, that's no, a no, no. The Chris. If you don't know the references, because Jack Del Rio's career ended when Zach Thomas came in as a rookie in 1996. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I thought I thought you were just coming at me with like a Dolphin great. Okay, no, see, no, no, I was, no, no. and I was just thinking about Tom Olivadotti because he used to be the Dolphins' uh, uh, defensive coordinator during a lot of the Marino era. Uh, and everybody used to be upset at him because, you know, they couldn't stop anybody. I actually worked with uh, with Kirk Olivadotti, Tom's son. So <laughs> I didn't realize the reference that you were going for, Poop, but I understand uh, now. Hey, listen, Zach Thomas, Zach Brown Band, who, Zach, anybody, yeah, probably, anybody probably could get better results than Jack Del Rio was able to get out of this defense. But, it, it, you know, just one thing on this. 
Last year, they were a top three defense. Yardage, number one on third down, and seven overall in terms of points allowed. I mean, they went from pretty darn good to pretty darn bad overnight in a snap of a finger. It doesn't hurt when you, it doesn't help when you trade two of your top pass rushers at the trade deadline. Yep. What, what, what was that about? Just right, unloading? So, so here's the deal, Omar. You're right. Let's start with that. Okay. Both were pending free agents. They did not like Chase Young. Chase Young was very immature, very selfish, very obnoxious behind the scenes. They did not like Chase Young at all, at all. From a personality, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, uh, he was obviously injured for a long time. They ran out of patience when he was injured, when they brought him back to practice, opened up that window, had to carry him on the roster for a month after that uh, because he kept saying he was ready to play, then he wasn't ready to play, then he – I mean, there was all sorts of things. So let's start with that. Chase Young was never going to be a part of this team's future. The number two overall pick, their first, their first draft pick. And oh, by the way, the fourth consecutive defensive lineman drafted in the first round by the same organization, John Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, all by a previous regime, all by Jay Gruden, Kyle Smith, and to a lesser degree, Bruce Allen. And then Chase Young. So that tells you how bad it was. Montez Sweat was somebody they did not want to get rid of. But they were offered, essentially, now it got hurt a little bit again by the Bears' win on Monday Night Football, but essentially, you know, a top 35, top 36 pick for Montez Sweat, an expiring free agent that they were going to have to pay $25-plus million for. Montez, good player, nice player, really good player. I don't know if he's worth... 25, 26 million so far off to a good start with the bears. So I, you know, so far, I guess he is, but whatever they weren't willing to go that far, especially when they've already invested in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. So that's a long road to say, yes, those trades hurt them, but they were bad on defense before that. Number one. And number two guys, here's a, a key thing that, you know, means something to us football people, probably not to a lot of fans. After those trades, they lost two key reserve rotational defensive ends, F.A. Obata and James Smith-Williams, who is a seventh-round pick in Ron's first year in 2020, who's done a nice job, right? Both of those guys have done a nice job. They lost both of them for the last couple of games. So now you're taking Chase Young, Montez Sweat, James Smith-Williams, and F.A. Obata, your top four four out of your top five wrote defensive ends away. That That is the real problem. It's not just trading Chase and Montez. It's losing those two guys on top of that. And I know one's not going to be back Obata for the Dolphins game or this year. Not sure yet early in the week if James Smith-Williams is going to be able to come back. So maybe they'll get one back. But that has hurt them more than people realize and more than just trading away young and sweat. On the other side of the ball, Sam Howell's like on track for an NFL record for sacks. Uh, is he that oblivious in the pocket or is the offensive line that bad or yet combination of both? All of them both? Uh, so it's gotten, so, so here's the good news, bad news for the dolphins uh, and, and for Chubb and, 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 and I guess your new pass rusher, Jason Pierre Paul, assuming he's in uniform on Sunday at FedEx, which I would assume he would be, um, but maybe not. Um, He's Sam's done a much better job the last month, last four or five games. 
in terms of cutting down the sacks. Now, to say it's like three sacks a game now, it's not like you can't get to him. It's not like you can't get pressure. You can get all sorts of pressure on him. He's done a much better job of getting rid of the football on time and in rhythm, flushing out, um, moving off platform, making strong, mostly accurate throws. He's not the most accurate guy in the world, you know, uh, but, but he's got a good quick release for the most part. When he sees it, he can rip it. He can make any throw on the football field, and he's got terrific mobility. The one thing that I would say is if the Dolphins can find a way to keep him in the pocket, which is easier said than done, you know, then they're going to have more opportunities because this is not a good offensive line. Charles Leno is their best at left tackle. Sam Cosme at right guard is 1A. Outside of that, it's very, 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 very mediocre, if not poor. Left guard, center, right tackle. Those are all the areas that Dolphin, that the Dolphins uh, and Fangio's defense can attack and probably have success in this game. I think Sam is a long-term starter in this league. I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity here to be a long-term starter because if they have a top-five pick, which right now they currently do, We'll see what happens over the next five games. I think they're going to be very, very, very tempted with a new regime to bring in a quarterback of their own choosing. So, mm-hmm. And that breakdown is brought to you by You Break Wheel Fix, where you can get your complete wheel repair and refinishing solutions located in North Miami. Over 25 years of experience repairing wheels from cracks and bends to any type of refinishing job that you're looking for. Customize your wheels with colors and designs at you break will fix you can find call you can contact them call mark at 305-748-0112 or you can check them out on any social media platform at you break will fix let let me ask you about uh sam sam's propensity to throw the deep deep ball and do they have the weaponry to keep score or keep pace with the miami dolphins um So I would say this, Omar, they throw a lot. They throw the most in the NFL, uh, most pass attempts, all that stuff. I mean, you know, yes, he's got the arm. He's got, again, the mobility to throw off platform to reset his feet, you know, getting out in space, getting away and flushing from coverage, resetting his feet, getting his body, his hips, his shoulders, all of that. He's got that ability. The problem has been so far this year for a team that throws the ball all over the place and doesn't, you know – up until recently had an aversion to running the football for whatever reason. The problem is, is their receivers and most notably Terry McLaurin, who has been great for them with really bad quarterbacks and really bad passing offenses in years past. Terry McLaurin doesn't, you know, if you look at the next gen stats and if you look with your eyes, he's not getting a whole lot of like clear separation. And he's really good at catching like jump balls and contested balls. So maybe that's how they get, one deep on the Dolphins this week. I don't know. We'll have to see. But that's an area of strength for Terry. But he has not gotten a lot of pure natural separation this year. And I can't imagine Jalen Ramsey, unless Jalen slips on a you know wet surface or whatever and, and something unexpected happens, that that is going to be an opportunity Terry is going to earn on his own. Let's call it that. Um, And Jahan Dotson has regressed. He had a couple of good games a couple of weeks ago uh, and hasn't really done much since then in the last two and did nothing for the first seven or eight. Second year receiver out of Penn State, mid first rounder, had a good rookie year. He stayed healthy, but he hasn't been the same guy. A couple of drops. 
for whatever reason, can't get open, can't get separation. And the guys that have been able to hurt opposing offenses more, more this year are Brian Robinson out of the backfield, uh, which nobody thought he could do coming out of Alabama, and they were wrong. Antonio Gibson from time to time, again, really their third down back. And Curtis Samuel has been, I don't want to say their number one weapon, but he's been their most reliable and, I guess, diverse weapon is what I would say. The other thing that to look out for, Deami Brown, former third-round pick out of North Carolina who played with Sam at North Carolina, he has struggled in his first two years for consistency. But one thing he can do is catch the deep pass. And he can run. And if they, you know, if you get him on a on a you know deep post or on a fly route or, or something like that, and he gets behind somebody, you know, they can make that connection. And Sam obviously has the arm and everything to make it happen. Is it a strength of theirs? No, it's not a strength of theirs. They don't have a strength. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, that's a fair point. That's you know, it's certainly not running the ball, I'll tell you that. They've gotten better in that area the last couple of weeks. Uh, Eric Bieniemy again almost had a religious aversion to running the ball in the first you know nine or ten games of the year, and I think Ron eventually was like, "Listen, man, we're not scoring enough points to equal being so one-sided. Seventy plus percent at one point they were passed to run. Seventy, there was I, I had it at seventy-two percent called pass to run, and that was for a good portion of the year. It's now like sixty-seven, sixty-eight, whatever." Um, but they are a pass-heavy team. They are a team that I don't think runs enough play action for me, runs enough boots for me. They are certainly not a team that runs the ball enough for me. And I think against this Dolphins team, like if I, I understand that the whole the whole theory would be, well, you can't, you know, you can't get into a track meet with the Dolphins. Yes, I agree. You're probably not going to score 50 points on the Dolphins or 40 points on the Dolphins. So if I'm designing an offense, if I'm designing an attack, I'm trying to slow the game down. I'm trying to control time of possession. I'm trying to run the ball, make it third and two, third and three, third and one. I'm trying to keep my entire playbook open. I'm trying to stay ahead of the chains. Obviously, penalties, sacks, you can't have that. I'm trying to throw short and around the line of scrimmage and hope that my guys can break a tackle and make somebody miss or do something as opposed to just air raiding it out and trying to say, well, we've got to score 40. We've got to go for it on every fourth down. Because you look around the NFL, like, you go for it on fourth down four or five times in a game, like a you know a guy like Brandon Staley does, and uh, who was it the other Mike day? Not more he doesn't. Yeah, no, no, you're right. He's slowed down, but I mean, but there was somebody else that went for it. Uh, Dan Campbell does it all the time. You know, like it works, but it doesn't always work. And then you put yourself in a really bad situation against a prolific offense when you give them sixty yards to march the field, as opposed to eighty or eighty-five or ninety. So to me, I think it's a I, I know this goes counter to what a lot of people will say. I think they have to muck this game up. I think they have to slow this game down to just give themselves a chance yeah. of controlling time of possession and keeping the Dolphins off the field. What I what I find interesting, Rooster, when looking up some of the, the, the stats for the Washington Commanders, they have been drastically outscored in the first quarter, 71 to 39 points. What is the problem in regards to the slow starts in these games? Yeah, uh, you're you're absolutely right, Omar. You're on it. It's something that I've said for years uh, under this regime, and it's something I said all year. It's gotten a little bit better of, of late, a little bit, 
Um, but they do not come out with their hair, which I still have a full head of hair on fire. We all have a full head of hair. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hair club for men here. But but you know what I'm saying? Like they are not, and and the numbers bear it. And my eyes tell me obviously they're not a team. I often say this: games start at 102. They come up. They they start playing at 202. Or 232, you know, like they're a team that just for whatever reason sleepwalks through the first part of many games. Sometimes they come out fast uh, to start the year against, um, uh, not to start the year, uh, um, against Philadelphia in week four. They came out fast and they scored two touchdowns on their opening drive on the road. That's about it, though. Well, actually, against Philadelphia at home a couple of weeks ago, they started fast as well. Against Philadelphia, they can do pretty much whatever they want. They they just lose close games. Against everyone else, it's like they're sleepwalking through the first quarter, quarter and a half. It takes a while to get the oil running through the engine. Mm-hmm. So my last thing from my end here is put a percentage on the, the chances of Washington pulling off the upset on a scale of 1 to 100. 100, did you guarantee a Washington win? Zero, they have zero chance. Uh, I mean, I cover this team. I'm not a fan of this team, so I can be brutally honest. I do give them a small, small chance. So I'll say 7.5%. Maybe that's a little high, but I, I can't go much higher than that. I'm sorry. I mean, I know... Again, the adage, any given Sunday, and sure, anything can happen, and maybe just firing Jack Del Rio will fix everything. And they fired their secondary coach as well, uh, who was a Del Rio disciple. Maybe that'll change some things, and they'll be much more competitive. I do think they will They will keep – I do think they will keep this game within earshot, within, you know, distance. I, I don't think it'll be like what happened for the uh, Dolphins against the Broncos in week three. Well, and I, they're uh, a playoff team now, so yeah, respect exactly. on the Broncos' name. Yeah. Um, exactly. Do you think not that, that day, not that day we don't need any respect on that? Do Do you think that there's any possibility? Because I've seen this happen before, even though it didn't it didn't keep Brian Flores employed, but I've seen the team rally around dead man walking coaching situation. Do you think there's any possibility that they can rally and finish strong for Ron? I do think there's a possibility uh, because I do think they genuinely like to play for Ron. Ironically, they don't seem to like to play for Eric Bieniemy, or at least some members of the offense. They're they've been bitching and moaning all year long since training camp that he's oh, too man. old school, too tough, this, too that. Storyline of his whole I mean, career. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's what he is, man. I'm sorry, he was just busy and in trying to install a championship culture. Sorry. Um, but I think it's ultimately probably going to cost Eric his job here. But uh, that's a different argument for a different day. Uh, do, do I think they'll play hard for Ron? Yes. Most days, most games, they find a way to play reasonably hard for Ron. Well and smart is a different thing. But hard, yes. And I think they will give, again, an effort. Um, I think the number I last saw was what nine and a half or ten maybe or whatever it was. If I if I'm a gambling man, I, I did take the Dolphins plus the points or minus the points. I think last night, so I, I do think it'll be a one and a half to two score ish type game. You know, maybe a thirteen point bulge at the end, but I don't think it again. It'll be blowout central. I think the Commanders will at least give a reasonable effort for a half, two thirds of the game. 
Well, Rooster, we definitely appreciate your time. But Poop, tell everybody where they can find his work. I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, Poop. You you were supposed to go, right? No, 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 no. Where can they find your work, Chris? Oh, where can they find me? Yeah, uh, well, besides here with you guys on the Team 980, Monday through Friday, 1 to 4, and on the Odyssey app, which is free to download and you can get anywhere. So if you want some Commander's coverage and if you want a loud mouth idiot at times that's uh me uh one to four monday through friday on the team 980 in the odyssey app and um and that's basically about it i i've re- i've reduced all of my extra jobs because i i have enough to deal with uh dealing with this mess yeah well we definitely appreciate your time thank you for watching and participating in behind enemy lines folks we will see you tomorrow or we'll give you an update on everybody's injury status from Teron Armstead to Devon Chan, um, and will Chris Books return from IR? Stay tuned tomorrow. Chris, we definitely appreciate your time. What? Oh, thank you guys. Appreciate yeah. you having me. I Never appreciate it recording very much. Omar. We're still live. Ooh. This is how polite we are. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.